Bombs coming! coming. Oh, there can't oh. be anywhere with an atmosphere like this tonight, Mike. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. It was quite the uh, summer, wasn't it? Uh, and it's nice to be back here. Good evening and welcome to edition 173 of The Pink and Show, our dedicated Canary shenanigans. That's uh, glad Big Ben got his mistake out of his system for England under 20s. Uh, I'm Michael Bailey and we are on the road. Yes, we are live in Deerham at the Railway Tavern, scene of so much World Cup carnage during the summer uh, that I'm still a little bit scarred, to be honest, although I've written scared here, probably equally true. Uh, but then, uh, what is not to love? about a pub with a chippy in it. I'm not talking any more about food after what happened last week. Um, let's just leave it there, shall we? We're going to give ourselves a reputation. Anyway, uh, we have loads to talk about over the next 40 minutes or so, including all the big international break stories. The win Are there any? I, th I think there's some. I'm not sure. Uh, all the winners and losers, the run-in that's fast approaching, the most ill-fated predictions you will ever watch, plus your comments and questions, the championship picture, and flip the bird. Alan Taylor's definitely looking forward to that bit. Um, we will do all of this in the company of tonight's superb, iconic Deerham guests. They are former Canary striker and FA Cup final winner and goal scorer, Alan Taylor, and City columnist at the Eastern Daily Press, and pun magnet, or magnate, either way, Ian Clark. Uh, gentlemen, what a pleasure to have you here. How are you both? Alan, you well? Yes, fine, thank you very much, yes. We've, we've come especially out to Deerham just for you here. That's... Uh a nice part of Norfolk, I can assure you. It certainly is. As Mr. Clark will testify, how are you, Ian? Well, I'm almost home, so it's been. <laughs> it, got, it got me out of the office nice and quick, so that's good. It's great to be here. Uh, and you partook in the in the chippy? I did, yeah. Very well good sausage and chips, thanks, Paul. Well done, Paul, the landlord, he's watching. In fact, we've got an audience of four, which for live audiences, it's pretty, it's pretty good. We're delighted with that. Well, thanks for coming, guys. If you've got any questions, just shout at me. It's fine. Uh, we'll take it. Um, right, so as usual, we are live on uh, pinken.com, the Pinken Facebook page, Twitter, Periscope, and YouTube. Always have my fingers crossed to this bit because I assume that's happening. Uh, over the course of the show, we do want to hear from you, be it your international break highlights, uh, the game you're looking forward to most between now and the end of the season. There are only eight to go, of course. Uh, if you're making the trek to Middlesbrough, I'd like to hear that and uh, who you would play. Uh, but especially your questions for Alan Taylor, be it on Norwich City now or on his career here, or of course elsewhere. Maybe a few West Ham fans who want to get in touch as well. All you need to do to get in touch and to post your words, um, do so below the live Pinken Facebook feed, the YouTube chat box, or a reply on the Pinken Twitter and Periscope streams. And I promise I will do my best to keep track of all of those. Uh, now, in a rare feat of achievement, both Wesley Moulihan and Onel Hernandez have, uh, have made the trek west this week, which is good. Clarky, would you like to do the honours? I'll save you from this one, Alan. Don't worry. Thank you. Um, which means, of course, it is time for this week's Norwich City Headlines. <coughs> a winning habit. Timu Puki doesn't get a rest, but place... Um, but makes a key role and a superb goal to help Finland earn victory over Armenia. Kenny McLean did likewise with a deft header to score his first Scotland goal in their win over San Marino. Happy days. <coughs> Bit premature there, Clarkey. It's all right, it's all right. Uh, not all good news. Sadly, Tim Close's hopes to get some minutes under his belt didn't happen with the centre-back twice an unused substitute and Ben Godfrey's mistakes in England under-20s to defeat in Portugal. Not that he should feel bad about that, given his stellar City season so far. 
a yellow wall in Wigan. You've just blown Dan's ears there. It's a sellout as City run out of tickets for their trip to Wigan next month, meaning 5,000 City fans at the DW Stadium on a Sunday lunchtime with a game that's live on Sky. What an effort and what a day in prospect. And finally, <coughs> team of the what? A City trio make the EFL's championship team of the season as Max Ahrens, Jamal Lewis and Temu Puki make the cut. But as ever, it leaves the questions over who missed out, such as Daniel Farker failing, falling behind Chris Wilder as manager of the year, maybe failing to some. And more to the point, why do these things happen before the season actually finishes, Clarkey? One more. Beautiful. Well done. There we go. Um, well, that's a fair question, but we'll come on to it later, I think. Um, let's get the internationals out of the way. I've got to admit, I've had a few days off. I caught the England highlights yesterday. That was nice. So I now feel up to speed. The rest of it kind of passed me uh, by a, a little bit. But Alan, what do you make of international breaks these days? So that they carry as much weight as they did when you were a player? Um, I think they're totally different. Um, it's it's different in the stage in the state that um, I think it means a lot more. Um, there's a lot more to play for. Uh, back in our days, I think it was a case of it's an international. But of course, it interferes with the uh, the league program these days, yeah. which is very difficult for the players. Um, I do find that if it comes around at the right time, if you've got one or two injuries and what have you, it helps get the players fit, ready for the after the international break. But um, it it's hard for the clubs, obviously, to be training and compared. Uh, ready to compete for the next game yeah indeed and we'll, we'll certainly touch on that with Middlesbrough as well uh, how do you, what do you do in the international breaks Clarky? do you in, involve yourself as much in Wales Scotland Ireland and, and the Norwich contingent I think I think most of my time is just sort of like sweating on whether Pukki's going to get injured for Finland or uh, you know Aaron's came off after half time for the England uh, kids and you sort of think you know is that an injury or is it a tactical decision so I think it's just almost trying to get those games out of the way and then get back to I think for what a lot of us is just really the key thing now which is the, this run into hopeful promotion and it did seem that everyone was okay from a Norwich City perspective they all came through alright yeah it sounds like it. I think it was just the Aaron's one but I think it was a tactical decision but yeah I mean Pookie seemed to get better as the games went on and the fabulous touch and build up for the second with the, with the winning goal so yeah all being well everyone will be back in, uh, in position tomorrow Indeed, which would be great, of course. I'm sure they're probably back in training uh, now, of course. Um, I mean, it's interesting, a player like Tim Close that went away with Switzerland. I think Daniel Farker was hoping he'd get some, some minutes because he hasn't played a lot for the first team. But um, sitting on the bench twice and not getting a single minute, probably not really ideal, is it? No, it isn't. Um, I find that very strange, actually, the uh, injury situation. Back in our days, we used to play in the football combination. And uh, with that, it meant that the first team was playing and the reserves were playing probably the same weekend so therefore if somebody if your centre forward gets injured on the Saturday you the football combination the lad that was doing well in the reserves would come straight back in the team um, I can probably go on to the West Ham situation um, we've struggled this year Andy Carroll you know since we've signed him he's had a lot of injuries this um, particular season and the season before but he finds it very very difficult to get back into the team because he's not getting match fitness and as you say Tim Klaus has gone away could probably done with 45 minutes or an hour's playing time he didn't get it so it makes him difficult makes it difficult for him to get back into the first team to play 90 minutes 
It's interesting that Daniel Farker doesn't seem to bring them into the under-23s much, does he? They, they seem to keep that separate, which they may see it's not enough to keep him taking over. But. I'm, I'm sure he, he would have liked Pukki maybe to be given a bit of a rest to get some, you know, to get a break for him. And yet, ironically, he played, I think he played 180 minutes in those two games. And yeah, Tim, even half an hour would have would have given him a bit of a bit of match time. But there we go. I'm sure I'm sure they'll be they'll be fully fully fit and ready to go at the weekend if needed. That's what we need to say on the international break, isn't it? I think we covered it off. Everyone did great. Well done. Uh, Ten points. Um, I do want to touch on the Wigan game, though, uh, which is, of course, coming up in a couple of weeks. 5,000 Norwich fans going to it. I remember fondly the trip to Barnsley. I know Dave Freezer has mentioned that as well. It was a phenomenal um, trip back in 2001-2 on the route to the playoff final at Cardiff. and More than 4,000 fans there. It was just a brilliant day. Norwich went. I mean, it's a hell of a following, isn't it, for Norwich to take to Wigan, which is a fair old trek, on a Sunday lunchtime. I think it'll be like an extra man for them. Um, all those supporters, as you say, travelling away from home, uh, which is what they're going to need on the running. Um, as you say, with eight games left, uh, they're going to need as much help and support as they can get. Did you used to get this kind of following when you were playing for Norwich? Was it a little bit different? Um, I'm not sort of. I'm not sure what sort of following we used to get, but obviously uh, Norwich City were always well supported on a on away games. I can remember going to Brighton. A night match, uh, obviously the season that I played um, at Norwich, a, uh, we did really well. It was a great team performance. It was free of peace, and the supporters loved every minute of it. Yeah, fantastic! It's, it, it, makes, it was interesting having the banter between uh, Dortmund about the uh, yellow wall, of course, which I think Dortmund owned the copyright on that one officially. But uh, do you quite like that stuff, Clarky? Or because some people, some fans will cringe at it. No, I think it's absolutely great. And I mean, you think about Wigan, they're averaging, what, 12,000 this season. So, you know, with 5,000 Norwich fans, they clearly that'll push it up. But, you know, you're looking at probably a third, maybe, you know, a bit more of the actual overall crowd. So, and, you know, clearly the noise from that away end is going to be incredible. So, yeah, the players always say what it means to them. And that really could be a, a key factor in that match. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, right, let me try and go through some of your messages. Keep them all coming through. We'll go through. Um, What's your son's name, Alan? Gary. Yeah, he's been in touch on uh, on Periscope. Uh, Gary Taylor, 1979, which I guess rings a bell. Uh, I'm Alan's son. Uh, Dad's hairline, crying face. He's been a bit harsh on your hairline there. <laughs> it's not like I get any stick for my hairline, so there you go. Um, Got anything to say to Gary, Alan? Well, obviously, uh, back in my playing days, uh, he would remember me with long hair and what have you, but that was the fashion back in those days. Um <laughs> Hey, Daniel Farker still carries it off, Alan. Well, so, there you, you know, go. This is it, exactly. Uh, brilliant stuff, Gary. Let us know any um, uh, insider secrets on your dad. So that'll be good. Um, what else have we got on here? Um, Ed Cousins Lake, Norwich City, uh, author extraordinaire. I think he's on the hunt for a Wikipedia page as well, if I saw a tweet yeah, from yeah. Good luck, Ed. Um, I'm sure you deserve one most definitely. Um, he asks, wondering what Alan's memories of Graham Padden are. Wonderful, wonderful player for both Norwich City and West Ham. I have to say, out of all the players I didn't get to see, many of them before I was born, Graham Padden's one of them. From everything I hear, I think I'd have loved Graham Padden as a player. I think what, what you can say about Graham is that uh, back in those days, somebody to have a left foot like he did um, was incredible. Um, he did a very good job for us out wide on the left-hand side and also for Norwich when he was at Norwich. Um, I played with him at Norwich and at West Ham. Uh, he was a great pro, but obviously it was a sad loss when we lost him. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember um, watching Graham play? Yeah, I mean, um, late 70s when I started, and, and yeah, Graham was one of those first players I remember along with the likes of Kevin Keelan and, um, and Duncan Forbes. And, and obviously Alan, his season at Norwich when I was a youngster, and that goal he scored on uh, 
New Year's Day at Loftus <laughs> Road was sticks long in the memory. Yeah. Love it, great stuff. Uh, brilliant. Uh, let's have another look, shall we? Uh, we've got loads on YouTube. Hello, those watching on YouTube. Great to have you on board. Uh, Danny Rose says hi all. Craig Warren says hi. Um, Norwich fan Barkley boys, one, two, three. All one, two, three of them, they say hi, uh, which is always great. Um, <laughs> they said hi twice, so thanks, gents. Um, and what else have we got? <laughs> Apart from Clamp pointing out we're running a bit late. We're only a few minutes late, boys. We've been far later than that, I can assure you. Um, Ian Walker says uh, work's just about to start down here in New Zealand to get a move on brilliant yeah so we're glad we got a move on for you Ian I hope you're the former Spurs goalkeeper and Mike's son that'd be good we need to speak to him if that's true well I don't know it might not be it might just be Annie and Walker um, Blair Burrows here we go making the trip to Burrow at the weekend and cannot wait we will uh, will we suffer from international break woes as it broke up our run of six wins that is the thing Norwich run a run of six, six successive wins I, I run, and coincidentally of course Middlesbrough it's probably done them a bit of good to get a break in this is what I'm saying you you get an international break and it can either work for you or against you i.e. the injury situation as we were just saying you don't want to be picking injuries up you don't want to be coming back with injuries um, so really you're looking forward to getting into the, the next game but you've got to be concentrating got your mind set on what you're going to do and Obviously, with Norwich in the position they're in, they've got to keep things tight at the back and press forward and hopefully attack and score goals. That would be good. They're good at the last bit. <laughs> Maybe not so much to keep it tight at the back, right. but uh, fingers crossed. Um, so it does feel like a long time since uh, we were being shouted at in Rotherham. Um, here's how the championship will look when play restarts this weekend. Gents, you can have a look too. We've got the slides here for you if you want to see having a look um, so table at the bottom Ipswich are rock bottom while Bolton's playing boo yeah they, was that cheers and booze I couldn't make a bit of both um, Bolton's play hasn't really altered since the show last week um, there remain big question marks over where Wanderers go from here both on and off the pitch uh, Birmingham were in free fall and following their nine point deduction for fair financial fair play issues uh, they now have a sort of survival scrap on their hands they're a little bit closer than they were certainly so Norwich recommence four points clear of Sheffield United in second, five of Leeds in third. And if West Brom overtake Norwich now, then the two Uniteds will no doubt already have um, sorted themselves out and be home and hosed. Uh, Middlesbrough await by which time the rest of the top four will have already played. As for the playoff picture, it's going to be a big week as things start to look a little clearer, but no less compelling. So, West Brom kick us all off come Friday night against Birmingham at home, while Leeds and Sheffield United will be expecting to win their 3 pm home kickoffs on Saturday. Norwich at Borough is the late kickoff, while come Tuesday, Borough are back in action with their game in hand. Likewise, Brentford at Swansea. And this is the thing we all came away from the Rotherham game, it all looks so good, but then you. Norwich at Middlesbrough is a really tough fixture, and let's face it, West Brom, Leeds, and Sheffield United may have all won by the time Norwich kick off. Yeah, but I think one of the things that's impressed me is that whatever scenario we've been in, whether we've gone first with, with that pressure, we've, we've done well, and if, if the other teams have won and we've had to sort of catch up. So I think, I think Fark has got the team that mentally really good, so whatever scenario's facing them, he's got them in the right, in the right situation. So I would, I would definitely expect Leeds and Sheffield United both to win their games on Saturday and West Brom probably on Friday night. So you know the scenario probably will be one ahead of Sheffield United, two ahead of Leeds, but... I still think he'll have more he'll really well tuned in. How, how confident should Norwich be looking at that table, Al? I think 
the first thing is that they're four points in hand. That is the biggest advantage. Um, and as you say, only with eight games left, although there's still plenty of points to play for. Um, we are having that chat before we on. That 24 points is actually quite a lot, even though it doesn't feel like many. No, that's right. Um, the other teams have got difficult games, the same as Norwich has. Um, I believe Sheffield United and Leeds have both got to go to Preston, which to me is a very, very difficult ground to go to. You saw how Norwich struggled a little bit if he went to Preston. All right, things didn't work out well on the day and it was probably a one-off for Norwich. But um, I'm sure, as we just said, that the situation Norwich find themselves in, they're going to know what the other teams have done. They'll look at it and say, you know, we've got it to do. We've got 90 minutes to get out there and get a result of some sort. And I think if they take every game like that from now to the end of the season, they'll be up there at the top and get promoted, I'm sure. You've almost got to shut out all the possibilities That's and right. concentrate on the game itself. Um, and the playoff picture is fascinating. I mean, if Norwich had been involved in this, it would have been quite compelling, wouldn't it, um, Clarky? I mean, Middlesbrough, in the situation they're in, the run they're in, there is a huge amount riding on this game on Saturday because, as say, Alan says, Preston are in great form. Villa, for me, the form side in the, in the division, arguably, and it's, you know, there's some... Big teams also were games in hand below them as well. I mean, right down to Hull in 12th. I mean, Hull have got 51, so there's only seven points between them and Borough. So you've got, you know, you've got eight teams with only seven points between them. So, um, and I'm sure they're going to be playing each other as, as the weeks go on. So a, a really, really good scrap. And yeah, so you, you could say Borough are going to be up for it and they're going to really be desperate to win on Saturday. But they might have that pressure of, you know, they're going to see that as a game they really need to win, particularly if, if their rivals have won earlier in the day. So, um, I think it's going to be a really tight encounter. Maybe they'll uh, have to come out, which of course we'll talk about as well in a bit. Um, now, the other thing that's happened in the last few days, uh, the EFL have announced their uh, teams of the season, uh, even though we've still got almost a quarter of it to go, but let's not get stuck in it. It's like announcing the Man of the Match award on 82 minutes, isn't it? You can get sent off in that time quite easily or concede a couple of own goals. But that said, they are out. Um, we've got them here just to have a quick look at. Uh, let's start with the team, championship team of the season, if we can, um, Dan. And now, of course, with all these things, people will look at the players who aren't in it, certainly from a Norwich persuasion, but you know, let's break it down. Sheffield United have got two, Leeds have got two, Norwich have actually got three in there. And there'll be players from all over the divisions that have um, uh, all over the division that have done really well. Is there a player who can count themselves a Norwich player who can count themselves unfortunate not to be in this team? Do you reckon, Clarky? I, I actually, you know, I, I, I would normally say all eleven should be in there, but um, <laughs> I, I think that's quite fair. I mean, definitely Aaron's and Lewis. I think they're the best fullbacks in the league. Puki, clearly, the goals he scored. Um, I mean, you can make you can make a case for Zimmerman. I mean, he's been he's been colossal for Norwich, but. You know James and Cooper in there, the Leeds and um, Wigan. So, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not James actually. I, I, that seems a strange. Yeah, that's given some of the other teams. How many goals of Wigan have you know? They've got a, they've got a great home record. On a 16 goal difference, so clearly they've, they've leaked a lot of goals. Um, so I think Zimmerman possibly. I mean Steeperman's had a, had a great season, but maybe wouldn't force his way into that side. So I think having, having three out of the 11 is. Is probably fair for me. Not having Farker as manager is bizarre. Well, I was going to say Emmy Buendia would have to go on this side for me, but then I would say that I'm not sure you could play Billy Sharp team and Pookie and Shea Adams as a front three. But that's probably another debate uh, at yeah, all. Um, and, and, and as as is the debate, uh, clearly it's a case probably of Marcelo Bielsa, Chris Wilder, or Daniel Farker for from a team, a manager of the championship season. I mean. It's difficult one, isn't it? Because, to be honest, Chris Wilder, Daniel Farker, Marcelo Bielsa, they've all done very similar, impressive jobs this season. 
Yeah, they've uh, obviously, well, myself included, I didn't expect Norwich to be in the position they have done. I mean, they've done exceptionally well. Um, the supporters, the club, the manager, um, they've all got to take a lot of credit from it. And also, of course, you've got to look at the players. Um, I only saw the one game this season so far against the Villa and I was mighty impressed with the two full-backs um, and of course Pouquet up front has put the ball in the back of the net which uh, is is great for Norwich isn't it? It's phenomenal for a free transfer most definitely I mean I say it's all quite similar Clarkey but I mean I guess Chris Wilder's probably got a bigger budget hasn't had to rebuild as much as Norwich had to on a much smaller budget I don't know. I mean, Chris, it's, it's probably nice for a, an English coach to get the award. <laughs> I could I, possibly I, argue. I wonder whether that's been a little bit up part of it. But to me, when you look at the table, the guy who's four points clear, you would say he's he's done the best job so far. And, and at the start of the season, yes, Sheffield United, you just said we're going to be in the mix, wouldn't you? Yeah. And Leeds, you just said we're going to be in the mix. Norwich, no, no one said it. No one said it, oh, apart yeah. from you. Oh, I mean, David Hannon. Yeah, you, you did <laughs> say top six. And I think I'm pretty sure I ribbed you. Sent, you did, uh, uh, yeah. Indeed, just a bit. Okay, um, Skybet Championship Player of the Season. Let's have a quick look at that slide if you can, because it's Billy Sharp, Shea Adams, and Tamu Puki are the three nominations. So I guess they'll decide on which one of those is. I mean, they're all strikers. I mean, is, is that how it should? Well, I'm asking a striker here, aren't I? But is that how it should be, Alan? Is it all the, about the goals? The the thing is, they've been in the right place. They they're the ones that have put the ball in the back of the net. Um, if it wasn't for them, the clubs obviously wouldn't be in the position they're in. Um, Everybody's looking for those type of players. Um, I'm not too sure how they'll go on if they move up into the Premiership. It's a different kettle of fish up there, um, playing a lot against better teams each week and what have you. But all credit to all three of them. I mean, I've seen some of the goals, obviously, that Pouquet's put in at Norwich and is is a good finisher. He knows where the goals are and uh, that's what it's all about. Did you, in your playing career, did you have wingers and midfielders sort of... um lambasting the fact that you get all the credit for these goals um, I think uh, when you look at when you're playing with people like Trevor Brookin Billy Bonds Graham Padden which we talked about before and what have you and of course I can't forget the two lads I played up Keith Robson and Billy Jennings but we used to share it about in those days we, we didn't stand in one position we used to move constantly moving about if you made a run to the near post the ball didn't come in you came out the other striker went to the near post, you went to the back post. And it's all about movement in the box. And I think if you've got a team which is prepared to work and put a bit of effort in, which is obviously what Norwich have done this season, that's the reason they're up there near the top. It's, and, and in actual fact, Tamer Pookie is in something of a goal drought at the moment. That said, he's still making goals and his movement's been phenomenal all season. Hasn't yeah, and I, th- I, think, I think that movement and his strike rate, I, mean, I, I don't know the, the stats off the top of my head, but... He doesn't miss a lot of goals, and when he when he gets a chance, he, he he's been scoring a lot. So I think he's been absolutely tremendous. Brilliant. Okay, so we're giving that one to Tamu, obviously, <laughs> and uh, and Daniel Farkas, manager of the year. Just so we're all clear on that, uh, young player of the season. Now this is an EFL wide award, so this is all four divisions, oh, three sorry, three divisions. Um, Harry Wilson, who effectively is a Liverpool player on loan at Derby, been excellent. James Justin at Luton, who've been absolutely flying, both with Nathan Jones and since he's left, which is very impressive. And of course, Max Ahrens, who's kind of come from nowhere. He's almost ended two careers in Evo Pinto and, um, and Felix Paslak before they got going at, at Norwich. 18, 19 year old. I just feel like he could be wherever he wants to be this year, uh, in future, don't you, Alan? 
there again, as I said, I only saw the Villa game and I was mighty impressed with both fullbacks. I thought they did really well. They were outstanding on the day. They get forward, they tackle well at the back and uh, good players for the team. Um, so I might have been mighty impressed with them. Give it to Max. Yeah, I remember Stuart Webb, a uh, fan swarm. I think you might have been there as well, Michael. Um, and Stuart was talking about players that are coming through. He'd been talking about Madison, how he had to go. And he was talking about sort of the progression of players coming through and then maybe needing to be the next ones to, to sell on. And he was talking about Max before he'd even made his debut, the, the debut made at uh, Portman Road. And we were saying, well, I'm not quite sure he was talking about. You know, we heard a little bit about the under 23s. But, you know, he's only, what, nine, just 19 years old now. He was 19 in January. So the impact he's had, he looks so calm, so mature. He very, very rarely gets caught out, but he, he still bombs forward, but has got the intelligence and the football in now to, to, to get himself back. He's got pace and he's got strength, so I think he's a tremendous player. It'll be fascinating where his career develops. They would not have got Felix Paslak on loan um, in the summer if they honestly thought Max Ahrens was going to be at the consistent level he's been this year. A phenomenal uh, season. Hopefully we've got eight more games of him doing phenomenal things as well. Brilliant stuff. Um, okay, so let's uh, have a quick look, see if we've got any more questions from you, uh, shall we? Let's go through these. Gary Laws says, hi from Barbados, just to rub it in. Gary, hope, hope it's cold and miserable. Um, Matthew Hood, uh, what are thoughts on a minimum spending during the summer transfer? I think we have a good squad with more youth players signing over the last couple of months. What signings, if any, do you expect? Which, of course, is always the big question. If Norwich go up, what would they have to spend now you obviously watch Premier League football regularly Alan and you will have seen Championship football too um, is the is the jump as big as it was when Norwich were last made it in 2015 I think probably so and probably a little bit more as well oh. it, it, I'm, I feel it is a big jump you've only got to look at the quality that, especially at the top of the division um, you, you can look at the top six and I think they're little bit different class to the rest of us but um, it will be a challenge there's no question about it what they actually spend obviously from Norwich City's point of view it would be great if they can go up financially for the city uh, the supporters everybody uh, and I feel it's great for the players as well to be competing at that level but just which way the club are going to go uh, you look at Wolves this season They've spent a hell of a lot of money and done quite well, make me add. Um, but then when you look at Fulham, they've spent quite a bit of money and struggled. Looked as if they could be going down again. Cardiff haven't spent much at all. They look as if they're going to go down again. Um, so it's very, very difficult to know what to advise Norwich to do. Um, do you spend money and try and compete? Obviously, you want to be finishing out of the bottom three this time next year. Indeed. Um, it's hard to avoid these questions because of the position Norwich are in. We're not being too preemptive. What I will say is, though, um, that some of you probably picked up on this on Twitter. Um, have you got the picture of the... Um, this is Now, whose twi- who's, who's tweet is it? Can we remember? Are we all going a bit blank? Tony's just going to find it. Um, I want to say Ben. Ben? We're, we're, Sean? <laughs> Sean. It might well be Sean. Sean Ben. <laughs> we're, Sean Hood, that, thank you, Tony. Sean Hood, uh, are we seeing the picture now? This is a, a bona fide tattoo uh, of a Norwich City crest that also says Champions 2019. 
So um, fair play, Sean. That is confidence. I think that's one word for it. I, I look forward to seeing the Yorkshire contingents' um, views on this when they see it, because they tend to take these things really well. I've been pretty confident in the last few weeks, but even I wouldn't have a tattoo quite yet. But uh, just just on the on the money on the money side of things, I think for me it's it's the decisions that are made in the scouting and in the recruitment rather than necessarily money. I think about you know Wiltshire. Naismith and Van Wolfswink, you're looking at 22, 23 million pound for we know exactly what we got there. <laughs> Whereas, you know, you're looking at Pukki, Aaron's, Lewis, Bowendia, a total of one and a half million for the four of them. And they've been, for me, they've been our four best players this season. Brilliant stuff. Let's uh, continue the uh, conversation in a bit. But uh, before that, back in August, uh, Paddy, Dave and I were visited by our Scottish friend and commentator, Stuart Hodgie Hodge, uh, for some Norwich City chat and a few predictions. Now, those interviews only saw the light of day over the current international break, which means the predictions are probably uh, more entertaining now than they would have been in the autumn. Here is the pick of what we said. Right, where are Norwich City going to finish this season? 10th. 13th. Try Lucky up, for try some. And, try and go up the season after. 10th. I still think they'll they'll pick up. There's a long, long way to go as we sit here today. Yeah, I'm trying to set my bar pretty low so that I'm pleased when they finish their 12th. Okie dokie. Who's going to be top scorer? Jordan Rhodes. He'll get, he'll get the chances and the opportunities and hopefully he'll stay fit. Jordan Rhodes. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes. I'm I'm happy with Jordan Rhodes. I think he was an upgrade on what they had. Why well, he's going to be double figures, surely? Otherwise, we're really screwed. Fifteen goals this year, at least. I think. Who's your favourite of the summer transfer acquisition? Yeah. I'd have to say maybe Rhodes. I like Kenny McLean, and I think Ben Marshall's got something about him. Although I'm, I'm I don't really want to see too much more of him at right back. Oh, Pookie's doing quite well as well. Actually, he's he's stood up. I have not seen him play yet. Emmy Buendia is the one I'm really looking forward to. Buendia is Spanish for good day <laughs> and I can see him bringing a lot of good days to Norwich City. Who do you think is going to be player of the year? You can't look beyond O'Neill Hernandez quite frankly at the moment but I, I think Timo Pukki is, is growing in, in popularity as well. If he continues in the same vein as he is at the minute O'Neill Hernandez I think mm-hmm. will walk it. If O'Neill keeps doing what he's doing clearly he will be that because of the level of progression. Um... Uh, let's just hope they're three really strong candidates so that Norwich have had a good season. It's not like the keeper. Will Daniel Farker still be in charge of Norwich City at the end of this season? Oh, Hodgie. Oh, 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 that is a big question. I think that's so hard to answer. I really hope so, because if he is, it's gone well. Yes, he will be. Um, but given his contractual situation, in theory, he would be out of contract in the summer. So... You know, there's obviously a lot of water to flow under this particular bridge between now and then. I have an inkling Daniel might not be in charge of the club next season. They'll answer it that way. Oh, okay. So only, only a hunch, just in terms of the mood music. Will he be the manager? If you're ask, if you're asking me, will he be in charge by the end of the season? I would say yes, he will. If I had to put a fiver on it today, I'll say yes. Daniel will make it through to the end of the season, and better times are ahead. Right, final one. If you could ask anyone in Norwich City history. Any one question. So you've got a time machine, you've got a TARDIS, whatever you need. What would that be and who would you ask? Wow. <laughs> that is a question. I suppose you'd want you'd want to hear from, uh, you know, probably McNally about what exactly went on with the Lambert part in other ways. We've, we've talked about it at length. You know, it, from the outside, it, it, it looked quite toxic. I would 
want to speak to Paul Lambert about his exit, mm. frankly, okay. um, and whether he felt the club could have done more to keep him. Um, you know, there was legal legal representation went in and uh, settlements, I think, out of court. So, mm-hmm. you know, just how how did that all unravel so quickly and uh, and what was the what was the timeline on that so and to do that you'd obviously probably need to speak to McNally as opposed to to Lambert whether there were specific things that he wanted from the club um which could have kept him here because i don't think Aston Villa was the right move for him um just to get his honest thoughts on what it would have taken to keep him at Norwich City because as far as i'm concerned they should have done whatever it took Robert Chase why did you sell them did would you why, why would you sell why did you sell them and do you regret it? Chris Sutton, Will Fox. At the peak of Norwich City's powers. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, do you know what was good about that, mate? Your passion as a fan and as a journalist, Sean, in your answer to that question. And you can catch uh, all of those interviews in full on the usual pink and channels, uh, including YouTube. And if you want to um, share and uh, laugh at our predictions, you can also do that too. Although I'm still pretty glad that I got Emmy Buendia right, having not seen him play. So that was all good. Um, and I guess we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves, should we, Clarky? Although, as I said, you predicted the top six finish. So, you know, you're, you're well, the oracle. I'm horribly wrong at the moment, but <laughs> beautifully wrong. <laughs> uh, what, what would you said back in August, Alan? <laughs> Survival fight? Uh, well, no, I, I think probably uh, I'd have been looking at promotion through the playoffs I would have thought um, so I'd have certainly said up there but uh, for them to be where they are at the moment uh, I'd say exceptional it's, it's, it's yeah. most certainly is that yeah. I'll just go through some of your uh, questions but uh, if you remember bef- before we uh, saw the VET we um, saw the picture of Sean Hood's tattoo I don't know if we can have a look at that again Dan um, but the, uh, we've got the story on the uh, Norwich Evening News uh, website if you want to dish it out and, and, and dig it out and find it. But uh, we've got some quotes from him. He, <laughs> Sean says, some of my mates have doubted Farker, but I never had. I was saying we'd win the league in September. Uh, they all call me stupid, but the Germans know they win. And I've always said I'll get the tattoo, but never had the bottle. Convinced we'll win it now and have been for ages. The tattoo has to stay. I think we can lose, win and still win the league anyway. So, Mr. Hood, Sean, what a legend. Uh, we need to get you and your tattoo on the show, I think. Hopefully in a situation where it isn't regretted and everything and everyone is happy. Um, and, and Norwich are champions. I mean, you know, pr- promotion is one thing. Champions is quite the other. Uh, let's have a look at some more of your messages, shall we? We've got some more on YouTube, but I, I'm conscious of Facebook as well, so I'll be on there in a moment. Um, there was one I, I saw, though, uh, which was interesting one from Lola... Amora. Uh, hello, MB. Just wondering who gets the money for the away fans, the home side, or does it go back to the away team, which is, of course, the 5,000 seats Wigan of um, uh, Norwich have sold for the Wigan game? We're not sure, are we? Is the honest answer. I can't help thinking that Norwich might get a portion, maybe a small portion of it, but Alan, maybe maybe Wigan keep it all, in which case they're quids in. I think Wigan would keep it all, yeah. They're their tickets to sell. Um... What's the situation if Norwich only sell 2,000? Uh, are Norwich responsible for the other 3,000 tickets? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think you're right there. So, so um, I think it's 
the home team that would benefit? Well, um, if anyone knows definitively and wants to back well and say, then please uh, let us know because I'll, I'll definitely try and find out in the meantime uh, later as well. Uh, Lola Mora adds, Pookie has great control from tricky passes, player of the season, Steeperman, such brilliant weighted passes which I, I like that indeed. And I did so go onto Facebook, didn't I? So let's go and have a look uh, on Facebook, if you can bear with me just a couple of tickles while I find the show, because it's um, uh, lost its way, which is always handy, isn't it, Clark? Clarky, it's nice to see you in your Norwich shirt. Well, you know, I thought I needed to do it. Um, I'm here again on Saturday for the Borough game, so I'll get another air in. And where you watch, you're watching it chips, Paul, yeah. Oh, Bring my mum along, so don't worry, Paul, she'll behave herself. Um, brilliant stuff. Paul and the guys enjoying the show. There you go. That'll do. Thank you. Thank you. Pictures of Alan actually yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. Some great, some classic pictures of Alan as well. Um, uh, so let's have a look on here. Uh, Lynn Coombe. Hi guys. Can't wait till Saturday to watch our boys. Been watching them in the international games. Well, well done, Lynn. Not quite the same though, is it? I think we can all say that. Um, Jason Canary Wood says Steeperman should be in the uh, Championship Team of the Year. Um, Sue Cassidy says Emmy should definitely be in there. Um, St John Cooper says three is more than fair and St John normally you know, takes the hard line. I think that's fair to say. I'll probably appreciate that. Um, a few people saying should Norwich try and sign Shea Adams when, if and when they go up. I guess that's because Birmingham now aren't definitely not in the uh, playoff mix. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the sort of player that's going to come up, isn't he? You know, look at, looking for another striker. I'm not sure about um, Jordan. I mean, he's clearly hasn't been able to force his way in this season. Would he be good enough in the Premier League? Possibly not. Um, I, I can remember him obviously going back to his early days when he started off at Uddersfield and um, I was pretty impressed obviously with watching West Ham every week or every other week and uh, I couldn't understand somebody like West Ham not signing somebody that knew where the goals were to score goals and uh, it didn't work out that way but I think he's been a good signing for Norwich especially just as a backup. Uh, he's come into the team, he's done a good job, he's worked, uh, he's done his bit and uh, he knows where the goals are. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes and he got those two goals against Villa of course. That's right. So, you yeah. know, and that, that my goal of the season, I have to say they'd like 30-odd pass move, just wonderful football. Uh, right, I've been putting it off long enough. Oh, oh what we got? What we got, Tony? EFL rules about... EFL rules. <laughs> Tony, template, EFL rules. Uh, for league matches only, here we go, the away club shall be entitled to a commission representing 5% of the aggregate sales of tickets sold on behalf of the home club, unless otherwise agreed between the clubs. The away club shall submit a VAT invoice. We don't really need to know that bit. So does that mean of the 5% of the total gate or 5% of their sale? I don't know, but they get something, but not a lot, is it? No, no. <laughs> not a lot. It's not 10%. Uh, so there we go. Right. Um, uh, Tony, Tony will see if he can figure it. He's not sure. We don't care, but you know, I think we've drawn a line under it. And we, we're all the better for it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can't keep putting this off, so let's do it, shall we? Dan. Yes. Let's see how our guests cope with Flip the Bird. Sarah's actually applauding at the prospect of live Flip the Board. It, uh, flip the Bird, even. It's... Uh, it's the game that's still waiting for an official rule book, um, which is probably a pertinent given uh, Tony's just slung us the EFL rules. Uh, last time out, Connor Southwell improved his score for the season to six, while Terry Westgate's superb debut on the show 
but a modest Flip the Bird debut of three. Uh, tonight, Allen makes his Flip the Bird debut. You've been getting the practice in as well. Uh, while Clarkie will aim to better his four from earlier in the campaign. Um, God, time is pressing away, isn't it? So, in short, the guys have 30 seconds to flip as many bar mats as possible, adding one to their flipping pile with each successful one-handed catch. Both scores will find their way onto our leaderboard, and we'll all take a picture with Wesley Moulahan at the end of it. Dan, you ready? Yeah. He's ready. Off we go, then. And away we go. It's commentary time, which is almost my favourite part of it. Alan, uh, cool, calm and collected. It's always noticeable when the... You can have that one. Uh, when the former players uh, turn up, they um, pretend they're not competitive about it, but they generally always are. Uh, Clark, he's just ticking along nicely um, and quietly in the edge. So the, the crowd aren't happy, but I think, you know, the, it, 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 it's, it's, it's easier to watch than it is to do it. Everyone's ticking on nicely. Clark, he's um, explosive flipping. Paul's, Paul's uh, criticising him there, I notice. Oh. Well, they've all ended up on the floor, but there's some two, there's a couple of healthy piles here. Alan, how many have you got? I didn't get the last one. One, two, three, four, five, six. But it doesn't matter that you didn't catch one, it because three, it was in the pile. Three, so four, seven. Five, six. A six and a seven, Alan. You take that one. Well done. Good well shake on it. Good work. Well done. Oh, it's nice everyone got a round of applause. That never normally happens. <laughs> um, brilliant stuff. We'll all take a picture. Um, happy with how that went, Alan? Yes, not too bad. Bit uh, rusty to start with, but got better as the game went on. Still got it, still got it. Let's have the the, <laughs> the sting again, Dan. <laughs> oh, that was probably one of the best flip the birds we've ever done. I think I'm happy with that. Um, okay, well, uh, it's nice to get the guys on and take the time to invite them on. So I think we need a proper chat with them about themselves as well, because that's always good. Um, Alan, I just reminded myself. You scored three consecutive FA Cup braces on the way to West Ham winning it. One in the final, one in the semi-final against Ipswich. I think you said the quarter-finals before that against Arsenal. Correct, yeah. What, a rec- what I mean, that must be, you must be phenomenally proud of that even now. Yeah, I think obviously looking back and still remembering them as if it was yesterday. Um, I've got my son, as you quite rightly Gary. said. Gary. Yeah, Gary. He, uh, he keeps looking at them and uh, reminding me of them and... Obviously, with me still being involved down at West Ham, um, it's great to go down there and the supporters love talking about great memories and the achievements that I did with West Ham. So, great, great memories and obviously what I achieved, it's, it's good for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just six months after playing in the fourth tier. I mean, that, that, you know, that's, that's better than Grant Holt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started the season off at Rochdale playing in front of 1,400 people. Um, got my move to West Ham uh, made my debut against Arsenal in the sixth round of the Cup and, uh, That was your we- debut then? Your fir- your that first was my first 90 minutes for yeah. West Ham wow. so uh, to go to Arsenal obviously a big club like they were to play at Highbury um, in front of the bi- a big crowd and big atmosphere um, and I, th- I think looking at games like that you know they're there as a one-off and you have to do your best and I think this is how Norwich have got to look at the rest of the season yeah. um, take every game as it comes and uh, put every ounce of effort they can into winning the game and taking the club forward and really that's how my career started off at West Ham um, You had two spells in Norwich I think wasn't it roundabout way um, were, were they pretty frustrating I know there was injury and all sorts I mean, how do you look um, back at it now No it was uh, a very good move for me uh, for, to come to Norwich in the first place uh, I married a Norfolk girl Jeanette and um, 
so it was ideal moving back this way. Um, I was only here for 12 months and then Vancouver Whitecaps came in for me. Um, didn't probably play as many games as I'd like to have started, um, but still scored a few goals for Norwich. And uh, unfortunately, I did my cartilage at Crystal Palace over the Christmas period. But I was back playing again eight weeks later, and uh, the Norwich, the sorry, the Vancouver move came a bit of a surprise. I was away on holiday at the end of the season. Not in uh, Vancouver. No, no, we was in Spain as a, as a family and uh, I knew nothing about it. The move came up, uh, a difficult decision for me to make really because obviously moving back to Norwich where my wife was from and it was a big wrench to leave. Um, I, I think um, playing wise and financially it was good. Who knew that I was going to come back and play for Norwich eight years later? Uh, and to score the goal as, and make a, a first-team appearance as well eight years later was uh, something I really enjoyed. But I used to score goals wherever I played, so I was very fortunate. Yeah, good man. I mean, it's interesting that you've, you've stayed here, not a local lad before here, but it does happen quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, Norwich is uh, uh, it's a nice area. I like Norfolk, especially the North Norfolk coast. Uh, probably go off there most weekends and go for a, a walk and uh, the coastline's lovely so uh, I really enjoy the area and it's nice to nice part of England. I love that so you, you'd have probably said that in the late 70s when you first moved here was it late 70s when That's you first right, moved yeah. here? Yeah. Tim Closer said it to us about you know 30 years later it's all about the coast I love it that's the continuity of the stuff um, and we should also touch on well actually there's a couple of things here J Jason Smith uh, sent us an email. Thank you, Jason. He says, I'd be interested to hear Alan's views uh, on the increase in the amount of money in the game, where apparently one season in the Premier League is now enough to set up a player financially for life. Uh, I was able to watch Alan play for City and later was a regular at his newsagent's shop on the corner of Alexandra and Deerham Road. Uh, I can't imagine too many of today's players who enjoy the kind of success Alan did having to get up at 5am to sort out the day's papers in later life. No, that's perfectly true. Um, I did realise, um, obviously, when my playing days did come to an end, um, I did get offered a contract um, when Dave Stringer was manager and Mike Walker was involved. Um, I could have stayed on uh, working with the kids, uh, looking after those, but uh, I decided to walk away from it. I had to think of my wife and also my son. Um, hence, we went into a family newsagent's business in the end, I mean, we, we did 15 years there, so uh, it was hard work, but I knew it was going to be like that. We worked together as a team, and um, but we liked the Norfolk area, and of course, quite happy sold it. I love that. What, you didn't have to give them the hairdryer treatment too much in the morning, did you? Get <laughs> no, not at... Uh, <laughs> I, I used to get up at four o'clock, obviously, in Norwich for five o'clock. Um, it was hard work. Um, but something I felt I had to do and we did as a family. Um, hence, I've enjoyed staying around this area. I've now worked for Little Proud's, a funeral director, and also help out in the uh, local Deerham newsagent shop. Fantastic stuff. And also, you head down to West Ham. You get to see them play at home regularly. You've got your ambassadorial role. Yes. We help entertain the... Uh the paying public? Yeah, that works very well. Uh, really enjoy that. Look forward to that uh, every other week. Um, 
got good recognition down there um, for what I did and uh, playing for West Ham, great, great memories and something I'll cherish the rest of my life. I've been there to watch the Olympics and report on the Olympics. Not been there for a football match yet. We'll see how that goes. Um, Clarky, um, enjoying writing your column in such an exciting time. It's a bit different to last year. Yeah, I mean, like last year was a real grind. You, you, I was sort of because I try, I try to be quite positive. I'm all sort of yellow and green tinted glasses. And last year it was like, how on earth am I going to try and keep fans, you know, positive and 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 seeing the the good things? But this year has been an absolute breeze, and it's almost trying to just in some ways limit the expectations and not get too carried away but it, it's, it's just a great privilege and a, and a great treat to be a Norwich fan at this time Indeed um, and can you sense the buzz around the newsroom at work I mean it's not just about us guys on sport anymore it's about the little stories about people getting champions tattooed on their legs and things like that Yeah and, and, and you know more and more you know taking 5,000 to Wigan and, and just you know, the, the, the better we do, the, the more news stories there are, and and you know, it, it's it's just a great a great buzz. And our marketing team are looking, obviously, all of the potential there. We've, we're talking about getting more flags for the, you know, obviously the Barclays done brilliantly, but we're looking at maybe getting some for where I sit in the River Inn, maybe the, the library part of Carrow oh, Road. Oh. But that's something we're looking at. So yeah, j- just just a really good really good uh, atmosphere at the moment. Indeed. Well, more flags would be good. That'd be awesome. Uh, brilliant stuff, gents. Thank you so much for that. Um, let's uh, move it on, shall we? Because it is now, uh, we're running out of time, to be honest. Eight games for Norwich City to finish the job. We've had a look at the table. We're all feeling quite uh, confident. Um, who's going to be key for Norwich now, then? Eight games to go in the run-in. What do you reckon? Who's, who's the man who's going to um, help them finish the job? I think Pukki's goals, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of tight games. And I think if he can just get back, I mean, obviously I've had many goals, many games and he hasn't scored, but just those little margins of him finding the net could be key. And I think at the back uh, is going to be crucial. So for me, Zimmerman, if he can carry on that real talismanic um, presence he's had, he's going to be a real uh, key man. And Norwich are coming up against Johnny Housen at, at Middlesbrough. It sounded like he got a bit of stick when he first went there a, a couple of seasons ago. But, I mean, he was the sort of player that Norwich were going to miss hugely. And, and now you look at the side, Norwich have kind of developed a, a different kind of energy that's usurped all these sort of older players that had given Norwich such good service and, and so much success as well. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, the work rate that all the lads have, have put in as a combined team, I think, they all work, seem to work well and uh, work well as a unit. They're well organised. And I think this will be the key between now and the end of the season. Indeed. Well, if they keep doing what they're doing, it'll all work out because it doesn't matter who steps into the side at the moment. Um, Clarkey, we've got an 11 feet from you for um, for Saturday's game. Yeah. Middlesbrough members, a 5.30 kickoff. Yeah. We'll be there, of course. Um, it's at the bottom, is it? Or is it gone? Oh, that's exciting. Here it is. There, there we is. go. Um, that's your eleven. I mean, it's, you probably could have rattled it off without looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the, the one, the one um, position I did think about was McLean. Uh, I think lots of fans have expected either Mo Leitner or um, or uh, Vrancic to come back in there. But McLean has kept doing the business. He's scored some goals. He's, he's had some assists. He's done pretty well in a, in a very poor Scotland side. He's been away and. One, you know, one of the things about um, Farker is he's very, very loyal to his players, and he, he says they keep, they keep winning. They've won six on the spin, so I, I would expect him to, to stick with that eleven, and, and that is certainly what I would do. 
Indeed. Well, I probably would agree, although there's going to be a few people knocking on the door. And it's interesting that, say, Moritz Light has been in the building all week. Kenny McLean's been away. Last season, Daniel might have made that change. We'll see if he does this time. Uh, Jason Taylor says, four more wins, hashtag NCFC. I think I agree with that. Um, that would be my 90 points mark. I've been saying it for about three months now. Um, St. John Cooper, Greg Downs was a policeman for 20 years. Did you have to ever call him round your news agent, Alan? <laughs> we move on. Um, uh, um, and what else we got here? Let's have another quick look on the YouTube, uh, shall we? Um, Peter Talent says, just believe, people. And um, the thing you want to do about someone called Talent is uh, believe them. So well done. <laughs> we'll definitely take his word for it. I wonder if anyone's saying anything on the old Periscope. Um, uh, Gary Taylor, he's, oh, he's back again. Gary says, "Love you." He says, "He says, love you, Dad." Thumbs up. Oh, I love him too. Oh, I love it. <laughs> my, my son's not taking part in this, so I don't know what Tom's up to. He's down in London now, so he's obviously ignoring me. Um, he's proud of his dad, I think. Yeah. Uh, Staffs Canary One says, "Can you congratulate Alan on his double in the FA Cup?" Not the final, the semi-final oh, against Ipswich. <laughs> I mean, there we go. Yeah, I'm fair sure fair. all the Norwich supporters would like them. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, and I think we're there. There's a few more, but time is pressing. Let's have a prediction then, Rattle, uh, wrap this all up. A prediction for Saturday's game against Middlesbrough. Alan? I'm just going for 1-0. To Obviously, Norwich. To Norwich, of course. Yeah. And that would be more than enough at yes. this stage of yeah. the season. I think 1-1. Um, we're not going to win every game, and that's you know that would be that would be 24 points. So we won't win every game, and I think a draw there wouldn't be the worst result in the world. Two home games against um, QPR and Reading after that. So for me, seven points from those three would be brilliant. So a one-all wouldn't be the worst result ever. Here's a metaphorical tenor. Are they going to do it? Definitely. I think they'll do it. Yeah. Champions, why not? We're all on Sean's let's, side let's now. Get, let's get our uh, tattoo done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, and that is it for uh, this week's Pink and Show. Remember, you can catch up with tonight's edition and all our superb Norwich City coverage on all our platforms, including the Pink and app, but first and foremost, pinkin.com. And the show is also available as a podcast to listen to. You may be listening to it now. Uh, for details on how you can su- subscribe, just visit pinkin.com slash podcast. Uh, I will be at the Riverside Stadium on Saturday night, as usual, alongside uh, Paddy Day freezer and tony of course so make sure you check out our big build-up team news live and behind the scenes coverage reaction and analysis and if you see any of us around make sure you say hello to us Uh, we will return next wednesday at 6 p.m from the departure lounge in norwich so remember to join us either in the flesh they do lovely coffee or as always here online and it's worth me adding that if you want to uh, volunteer your favorite locations as a potential host of the pinkin show simply send an email with the details to the pinkin at archant.co.uk we're very cheap and don't take up much room Uh, and it's of course and what just a free meal for Dan. Yeah, Dan is the one who eats all the food and then catches me out. Um, it is the same uh, email address as well if you want to join us on here on the show as <coughs> excuse me, one of our fans, Pundits. A big thank you to our guests tonight, to Alan and to Clarky. Round of applause for the guests. What's absolute gents. Enjoy it, Alan. Yes, very good. Thank oh, you. Man. Thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Clarky, as always. Pleasure, pleasure as always. Great Brilliant stuff. stuff. Um, a big thank you to Paul and the Railway Tavern in Durham. Another round of applause. Look at this. We had an audience top hosts um, to the cr- and good fish and chips um, to the crew that's of course producer Tony director Dan and of course to you guys and girls for getting involved uh, watching and um, interacting with us it makes the show uh, until next time here's to it all being calm 
By the riverside, the city prepared to make it seven steps to football heaven. Good night.